Welcome to my podcast, NYC Gal Out, about a New York City gal who is out and about. A podcast dedicated to entertainment news and pop culture headlines. You can listen to NYC Gal Out on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, let's get into it. Hey guys, in today's episode, we're going to talk about a few different topics and then one topic in particular I am saving for last because I am kind of feeling a certain way about it and um, I feel a certain way about it because it's kind of personal to me. So uh, I'm saving that one for last. So listen to the whole episode to get to where I'm going with it. (laughs) All right. We're going to get into it. We're going to start off with Nene Leakes. Uh, she finally breaks her silence on her son Bryson's arrest. And she does that on her friend Carlos King's podcast, which I love Carlos King. I subscribe and am a follower to his podcast. Um, he has a great personality. I just, I love his, I, I love the way he talks. I love his personality. I love you know, his thoughts and his opinions and his commentaries. I'm just, I'm a huge fan of Carlos King, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> well, um, anyway, so Nene Leakes, she goes on to Carlos King's podcast and she is speaking out for the first time about her son, Bryson Rashaw Bryant's latest run-in with the law. The former Real Housewife of Atlanta alum she went into a wide-ranging two-part interview and i'm guessing because carlos dropped his episodes on on tuesdays on every tuesday so i'm guessing the second part of the episode is going to be next tuesday next week because he's great about uh getting his episodes out he you know he never has a mishap with it he it comes out every single tuesday so um, I'm definitely, you know, a big fan of it. I, listen to me. I, I am like basically giving him free advertising promotion here. <laughs> you should thank me, Carlos. You should have me on your show because I'm giving you free advertisement about how much I love your show. Anyway, <laughs> um, so in the episode, Nini talks about Bryson's earlier arrest this month, the 33 year old, um, is a son that Nini shares with her ex Calvin Bryant. Um, it's not the they don't have the same father because her younger son is with her late husband. But anyway, um, the 33 year old remains behind bars at Gwinnett County Jail on a six thousand one hundred dollar bond after being arrested on July third in Lawrenceville. Georgia. He's facing multiple charges, including violation of probation in two cases, possession of a Schedule II controlled substance, loitering, prowling, and giving a false name, address, or birthday. And yes, that is something that you can get arrested and charged with if you give a false identification to a law law enforcement official, which I thought it was really stupid. Obviously, he was going to get arrested. Did he think that his real identification wasn't going to show up as soon as they fingerprint him. I mean, once 
this was not his first arrest. He's been arrested before. So they already have his information in the system. So that was kind of like really stupid of him to even do that because again, once he gets fingerprinted, all of his information was going to pop up on the screen. So for him to think that he was going to get away with it was really, really stupid. Asked how Bryson was doing, Nini tells Carlos, I spoke to him on the phone, I think he's doing okay. Nini acknowledges that Bryson has an ongoing issue with drugs. He was arrested according to an incident report from the Gwinnett County Police Department um, that authorities found him in a car with a small plastic bag that contained a white powdery substance. When field tested, the substance provided a presumptive positive for fentanyl, the police alleges. He needs rehabilitation, Nini says. He needs a lot of counseling. Like many families out there, I have family members that are struggling with drug and certain addictions. He has an addiction. He's been struggling with it for years. He's been in rehab for a couple of times and he still has come back out and relapsed. Nini also explains that even though it's been a frustrating path to where she is now, she's learned there's nothing she can do to help Bryson until he's ready to help himself. That is great as a parent because a lot of times um, as a parent, especially as a mother, when we see our children facing challenges uh, that they're responsible for, a lot of times we become enablers. And, you know, I mean, look, $6,000 is not a lot of money for Nini or her ex-husband, um, Bryson's father. So I, I, I mean, this is not $600,000. It's not even $60,000. It's $6,000. So I feel like maybe they're just tired of bailing him out all the time. They don't want to enable his drug habit. And they realize that, you know, he has to want it for himself. If we keep on rescuing him, if we keep on bailing him out, if, if we keep on helping him out as far as the consequences of his actions, then we're being enablers. We're not actually helping him recover. And that is a fact that a lot of parents don't want to acknowledge or admit or embrace because they feel like maybe they're being bad parents or being a bad mother if they don't come to the rescue of their child. You know, yes, you, you should have unconditional love for your children but if you're but if your child is a serial killer if your child is a pedophile you need to set that unconditional love aside and realize that you know you're not helping the situation you're not helping the person get better you're not helping the person recover you're not treating the mental illness or the whatever illness by being an enabler by bailing your child out all the time and Nini seems to be able to finally realize this for herself because she says, as a mom, just to watch it, my hands are tied. There's not much that I can do. For people who have had children or drug or family members that have been on drugs, they know that they have to be ready. They have to simply be ready. She says, I've spent so much money on trying to get Bryson where he needs to be. But every time I sent him off, it's because I said, you are getting your ass up and we are sending you off. But I learned through counseling myself that he has to say, I'm ready to go, not me making him go. So until Bryson is ready to make a change, there's nothing I can do. Over the years, Nini has turned desensitized to Bryson's issue. She states... He is 33 years old. He's an adult. He has three children, three 
beautiful children who I adore. He has a wife. As a mother, I would never wash my hands of my child, right? But I'm kind of numb to it because it's been happening for so many years. I'm just really kind of numb to the situation. Bryson is the older of Nini's two children. She shared her. She shares, or she shared, her younger son Brent Leaks with late husband Greg Leaks, who died、um, in September 2021. And according to police, during his arrest on July 3rd, Bryson initially identified himself to authorities as Brent. That's really fucked up. He got arrested, and he's trying to get his little brother in trouble by using his little brother's name. That is some fucked up shit.、Um, Bryson reportedly also listed a former address of Nini's as his current address. Police hadn't learned about Bryson's real identity until after his arrest, because hello, he was fingerprinted, <laughs> and all his info popped up from the last time he was arrested. So both. Boys were, you know, featured on Real Housewife of Atlanta during their mother's ten years on the hit Bravo series, which, you know, is no longer such a hit. The season is performing bad as far as viewerships are concerned. But anyway, that's off topic, and we'll get back to the topic at hand when asked by Carlos if the exposure to the reality TV cameras contribute to his drug use. Nini said, "I don't think it helped. I wouldn't say that the sole cause of it, but it certainly didn't help because we started on television when Brenton was like in the eleventh or twelfth grade, and Brent was in third grade. And so they're they're having to be in a like shine, a like shine on them that they did not ask for." She says, "But I take issue with that because here's the thing: Nini signed for those release. They signed for them to be filmed. So don't go and." Blame the Bravo cameras because you, as your you as their mother, you chose to put them on TV. Maybe they didn't ask to be on TV, and maybe they didn't want to be on TV. But you, as your mother, you as their mother, you were the ones who signed for it. So if you didn't have that conversation with your children, especially with your children, who if he's in the eleventh or twelfth grade, then he's, you know. About like at least sixteen years old. So if your sixteen-year-old son, you're not having a situation, you're not having a conversation with your sixteen-year-old son saying, "Do you want to be filmed or you don't want to be filmed?" Like, let me know. Then that's on you. You signed those papers to have him film. So anyway, getting back to it. People are picking them apart because of the job that I chose to do, and so I feel for them in that way. But there's just issues that he has. She continues, "I don't know addiction because I don't have an addiction. You know, I just know what people have said to me." She asked that her College Hill co-star Lamar Adam, who suffered a near-fatal overdose at a Nevada brothel in 2015, which, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Lamar. Was the ex-husband of Khloe Kardashian? He was featured on Keeping Up with the Kardashian, which was on the E Network, which is part of the NBC Universal Network.、Uh, Bravo, Oxygen, E, Telemundo, Peacock—they all fall fall under NBC.、Um, anyway, that he was one of the people who had reached out to support. 
Nini and her family offering to get Bryson into one of his wellness treatment centers in Southern California, which offers rehabilitation programs for those struggling with addiction. Lamar also called me and said that he would grab Bryson right away and send him to his place, Nini shares, though she did not say whether she had taken, had taken him up on that offer or not. It is still unclear if Bryson um, has obtained a lawyer, so I don't know. Um, part two of that interview is going to be is probably going to be released next week, next Tuesday. So I hope that she, you know, kind of goes more into the stuff about Kim and Candy and all that other stuff. And Andy, I'm interested in hearing about Andy too. I don't know if she'll discuss it or not, but yeah, you know. Okay, next topic at hand, and this was Ashley Lindsay, my co-host on our Topic Frenzy episodes. She actually texted this to me. Um, so, look, our, our show is not a political podcast, so we don't get into politics, but our podcast is about, you know, pop culture. And look, the Obamas are part of pop culture. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting into laws and politics and, you know, who to vote for what and whatever, or what bills are out there or whatever, whatever. But I am going to get into pop culture headlines about the Obama and Barack Obama's personal chef, Tafari Campbell. He is dead after a paddle boarding accident near Martha's Vineyard Estate. So, former President Barack Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama are mourning the loss of a beloved member of their staff, calling him a truly wonderful man. Tafari Campbell, he was a former White House sous chef who later became the Obama's personal chef. He died on, well, they discovered him on Monday, but he actually drowned and went missing on Sunday in a paddleboarding accident near the Obama's Katama estate in Martha's Vineyard. He was only 45 years old, so he died relatively young because 45 is kind of young to, it's a young age to die at. Um, now, before all of you QAnon conspiracy nuts start running with this story about this and that, and like, please, you guys have been watching way too much freaking House of Cards on Netflix because it is really not that deep even though you know Kevin Spacey had that whole freaking thing with like I don't know freaking his chief of staff pushing some reporter into like a moving train and all this other stuff like real life is not that dramatic well actually real life is that dramatic but okay real life is not that elaborate that's a better word <laughs> anyway um this was a paddleboard accident, okay? So, all you freaking Alex Jones nuts out there, relax. Massachusetts State Police uh, confirmed Campbell's death, said in a news release that Campbell, who was from Dumfries, Virginia, was recovered by divers from a pond on Egertown Great Road shortly before 10 a.m. Eastern Time. 
MSP underwater recovery unit divers made the recovery after the victim's body was located by Massachusetts environmental police officers deploying side-scan sonar from a boat, the department said in the release, noting the recovery was made approximately 100 feet from the shore at a depth of, at a depth of about 8 feet. MSP later told people... Um, magazine and a statement mr campbell was visiting martha's vineyard at the time of his passing president and mrs obama were not pre- was not present at the resident at the time of the accident the search actually started at 7 46 p.m eastern time on sunday when martha's vineyard police and fire agency responded to a 911 call for a male from a male paddleboarder who had gone into the water appeared to briefly struggle to stay on the surface and then submerge and did not resurface you see and i told Lindsay, Lindsay, what the fuck is Lindsay? and i told Lindsay, this is exactly why i don't do fancy shit like paddleboarding because my ass will drown in a hot second like i don't even like going into kiddie pools and like i don't care if it's like three feet like anything with like a anything with more than a foot inch of water i do not like going because i don't know how to swim and i'm just always freaking out that i'm going to drown anyway the obamas shared a touching tribute to campbell following his death calling tafari a beloved part of our family when we first met him he was a talented sous chef at the white house creative and passionate about food and his ability to bring people together the couple said in a joint statement. In the years that followed, we got to know him as a warm, fun, extraordinary, kind person who made all of our lives a little brighter. The statement continued. That's why when we were getting ready to leave the White House, we asked Tafari to stay with us and he generously agreed. He's been part of our lives ever since and our hearts are broken that he's gone. Today, we join everyone we knew and loved. Uh, today, we join everyone who knew and loved Tafari, especially his wife, Cerise, and their twins, Xavier and Savan in grieving the loss of a truly wonderful man. Campbell is one of the chefs who brew White House honey ale beer using honey from Michelle's self-lawn garden while the Obamas was in office. In 2012, the White House released a video of Campbell and then assistant chef Sam Cass demonstrating the beer making process per the Washington Post. Um, the ongoing investigation into Campbell's death is being conducted by the State Police Detective Unit for the Cape and Islands District and Egertown Police. There was an eyewitness um, to the accident. Obviously, the eyewitness was the other paddleboarder who called 911 to let them know that Tafari had went underwater um, and that he was struggling. So that's that. Um, next up is... Tom Brady, TB12, apparently has a girlfriend. (laughs) Um, Okay, so sources with direct knowledge says that Tom Brady and Irina Shyak, am I pronouncing her last name right? I don't even know. She used to date Bradley Cooper. She's a model. Um, She used to date Bradley Cooper, for those who are curious about who the hell she is, that they are dating. She is dating Brad Pitt. Um, so we're told that they met in May at a wedding of billionaire art heir Joe Nama and model Madison Hedrick in Sardinia. So apparently they were at this 
wedding in Sardinia with billionaire Joe and supermodel Madison, and that was where they met. Um, our sources says that a number of models were hitting on Tom, and Irina was one of them. Adult, her rep denies it. Of course, her rep is going to deny it. Nobody wants to admit that they were being super thirsty over Tom Brady and competing with other supermodels to get his attention. And the source also says that Giselle Bouchon, which is his ex-wife, is not happy at all about the news because this apparently came out a couple of days after Giselle's birthday that the two of them were dating. Um, where Totom and Irina spent the entire weekend together. So he seems to have a new love in his life, TB12. And, you know, it happens to be Bradley Cooper's ex. They spent the night at Tom Brady's house this weekend, apparently. So TB12 and Irina apparently was cozying up in LA over the course of two days, which all started on Friday. And we're told he first picked her up at a Hotel Bel Air in the afternoon, um, only to drive her over to his house. And the source says that Tom and Irina walked into his house all smiles and that she didn't leave his place until the following morning at about 9.30 a.m. Tom dropped Irina off at the hotel only to pick her back up later again in that same afternoon. It was here that they were photographed and filmed having a sweet interaction in his car. They were stopped at a red light and clear as day. Tom is seen caressing Arena's cheek very tenderly. She leaned over in her seat with a huge smile and Tom also had a huge smile on his face. They were even seen laughing together after this brief moment of PDA. Tom and Irina went back to his house again. So, um, funny enough, rumors of these two possibly being involved have been swirling for about a month now. Reports said that they were at the same wedding back in June and that Irina was allegedly throwing herself at Tom all throughout the evening. Adele Harep denies this. In fact, Irina's team came out swinging at the notion that she was into him, calling that report totally malicious and fictional. Well, it appears that there was some truth in it after all. I'm just saying. Um, Tom and Irina haven't really said anything about this themselves yet, meaning that they have not gone Instagram official yet. But on its face value, it looks like they're romantically involved, if not fully dating. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, of course, they're both single, especially Tom, who recently had a very public even though it was a very public, publicly noticeable divorce from Giselle, their divorce was actually very easy breezy. They finalized it without it having to go through a whole drag out court process. And um, Irina and Bradley Cooper, they've been done for a while, quite a while actually. And you know, she stayed around since as we've seen, or for those that keep up with entertainment gossip, she's dated others. But Tom is certainly the most eligible bachelor as far as celebrities are concerned and has a lot more time on his hands now that he is done with football as far as playing football goes. So yeah, he seems to be making good use of his time. Um, and now is probably time. Now is probably the perfect time for him to devote to a serious relationship. <laughs> okay. Now, um, the last topic of this episode I said I was going to save it for last because it was a little bit personal to me it is about Bo Deedle and a change of opinion that I have on him 
Okay, so right off the bat, I just want to say that I am a huge fan of David Yontif. I am um, a listener of his podcast. I follow his podcast. I am even a Patreon subscriber of his podcast, like Behind the Velvet Rope. Yes, I, I give David Yontif $14 a month to listen to him and Kim D talk about whatever bullshit is going on for that week or whatever. Um, having said that, so I just listened to David Yance's latest podcast episode where he aired the second part of his interview with Bo Deedle, And I must say that interview completely soured me to Uncle Bo. Now, the first interview, I didn't even really enjoy that, but I did listen to it because it was like the first interview that Bo Deedle did with a podcaster. So I did listen. And even though I didn't really enjoy it because I was listening basically because I thought that there was going to be New Jersey gossip with the housewives and the majority of that interview was spent with Bodito talking about himself, talking about who he knows, basically just um, talking about himself. He is of that over, older generation. He His generation is part of the same age group, same generation as Donald Trump, Joe Biden. Like, Joe Biden, he is a long-winded talker, and so is Donald Trump. If you ever hear Donald Trump on, like, if you watch Fox News and you ever hear Donald Trump on, like, one of his Fox News call-ins, Donald Trump just goes on and on and on. He's a talker. You know, people say, like, Joe Biden talks on forever. Well, so does Donald Trump. He, he goes on rants, and he's a long-winded talker, too. So is Bodito. He goes on long-winded talks. So they are part of that generation that did not grow up with TV. They grew up with radio. And the thing with radio is that you have to either be a talker or you have to be a listener. If you're not talking on the radio, then you're listening to the radio. And so that is the generation that they grew up in. They did not grow up in the generation of TV. They grew up in the generation of radio. Now, um, having said that, like, even though, you know, the first part of the interview wasn't really that exciting or interesting because there really wasn't anything about the New Jersey housewives or like even about the show, you know, I, I still listen to it and I still just, you know, I, I enjoyed it just because I liked hearing, you know, his little commentary backstories about his life and I mean, of course, he gave himself a really big resume and, and really boosted his own ego, but I still enjoyed the interview. I did not enjoy this second interview at all. First, Dito was getting very political for an entertainment gossip podcast. I am surprised that David didn't do a better job at editing the interview, especially since I've recalled a few times where both him and Kim D have stated that they never talk politics on their show and even said that they love Ziggy, Ziggy Flicker, but couldn't interview her because she is a diehard Trump lover, a Trump supporter, and all she wants to do is talk about Trump. And, you know, that's not something that they're interested in because they're not a political podcast and they don't want to talk politics all day. However, when Siki did her first post R-H-O-N-J podcast interview with the girls over at All About the Truth, aka All About the Real Housewife, aka All About TRH, she mostly focused on the show and the cast members. She did drop Trump's name here and there, but I wouldn't necessarily say that she overwhelmed the interview or topic 
with political talk, I was mostly able to just disregard those short statements that she did talk about Trump as her political beliefs. But the interview, the and that interview was also broken down to two parts that the girls did.、Um, you know, first and second parts. They were not overwhelmingly political. Yes, she did drop a few statements about Trump, but it was very short little statements. And it, her interview with the girls, Roxanne and Chantel, were basically about New Jersey, about the housewives, about Bravo, about production. So I enjoyed it. But Dido, though, like he sounded like he was on an Infowars episode. You know, Infowars with that conspiracy nut Alex Jones, like that's what Dito sounded like. He sounded like he was a guest on Infowars, or that he was being a commentator guest for one of the Fox News shows. Instead, he went on a long rant about Chinese people that sounded very racist to me. And in one statement, said he hated Chinese people so much that he doesn't even like ordering Chinese food. He was like, "That's how much he hates them." I mean, wow. I definitely feel that he's in the Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson echo chamber of commentary news. It was very obvious to me because he name drops the Murdoch family while dissing the eldest Murdoch son, Lachlan. These type that believe the bullshit that gets recycled over there by Fox have it in their toilet seat conspiracy theories that Tucker Carlson was asked by Lachlan. I do believe that Tucker was fired by Lachlan, but not because of any moral grounds, but because Tucker Carlson cost the Fox Corporation a lot of money. They will mostly, like, they will most likely have to settle with Smartmatic in the same way they did with Dominion, which Smartmatic is suing for a much higher amount than Dominion was. It was just a very weird episode for Behind the Velvet Rope, which is mostly known for being a Bravo Entertainment podcast. And this is something that David Yontif himself always states himself: "We're the number one Bravo podcast. We're a Bravo Entertainment podcast." So this was just a very weird political episode, you know. And and like, look, David usually has like occasional interviews with celebrities too, like. I, it was just—it did not feel like it fit the right audience. There was hardly any talk about the housewives, which is what the listeners are interested in, and it was nothing that he didn't already said to the U.S. Sun,、um, as far as you know, his meetup with like Joe and Melissa at their rest at whatever restaurant that they were at. Like he, the the very short little statements that he said to David. Um, that concerned New Jersey. It was stuff that he had already told the U.S. Sun, so it wasn't it wasn't anything new. Mostly he talked political. The second part was political,、um, and and it kind of bothered me a lot. You know, there, like I said, there was hardly any talk about the housewives, which is what the listeners are interested in. That is David's audience. His audience are. People who are interested in the Bravo franchises, in the Bravo shows, and it just seemed very off-topic and offensive. I am surprised that David did not edit those parts out because I can't imagine that it would come across as beneficial to either Bo Dido or to David Yontif to talk like that. I mean, David Yontif didn't say any of those things; Bo Dido did. But David should have been more aware to. 
edit those parts out, especially since viewers of the show of Bravo, the demographics of the NBC Universal Network is more liberal, progressive, and moderate leaning. Okay, you your listeners are viewers of all the networks that fall under NBC. They are not the viewers of Fox News. <laughs> they are, or, or maybe some of them are. Maybe some of them are, but like they're. I'm going to say that the majority, like if we're going to break it up into percentages, I'm going to say 75% of your listeners, David Yontif, are NBC News listeners. 25% might be Fox News listeners, but I'm going to say that if they're watching Bravo, if they're watching all of these stuff, if they're listening to you, David, then I'm going to, if they're watching Watch What Happens Live and following Andy Cohen's, then I'm going to say that they are more liberal, progressive, and moderate-leaning. They are not the QAnon conservative conspiracy nuts that follow Fox News or Alex Jones or InfoWars or Brit Brad or whatever. And it just, it definitely did not seem like it was landing with the right audience. I mean, was Bo Dito trying to make a political pitch? I'm not sure, but the whole episode was just so distasteful to me because it was just too political and I took it personally offensive to me as an Asian American. And not political, like it, it was not political, like a name dropping here and there like Siggy did. To me, it was an actual racist rant. He's definitely a talker, and like I said, I suppose the older generation of his era likes to talk a lot because they didn't grow up with TV. As I stated in the beginning of this topic, they grew up with radio, so you just spent your time either being a talker or a listener. Anyway, my opinion of Bodito has completely changed after hearing this episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. You can listen to NYC Gal Out on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we're going to get into it.